1: Hello, and welcome to The Wealth Stream with Tim Scannell from Hightower Great Lakes. Tim, good morning.
2: How you doing, Eric?
1: I'm doing fantastic. I'm uh, I'm ready for today's podcast, although I will say I don't fit this category necessarily yet. What? Come on.
2: <laughs> so yeah. why don't you
1: tell the audience what we're talking about today?
2: Today, I want to cover five key financial concerns of the affluent, you know, the, the wealthy. Um, Got it. Just to give give people some background on like what people are telling me that they're concerned about
1: okay so let's let's define what you mean by wealthy so people understand that
2: uh, to be honest wealthy can mean a lot of things so mm-hmm. it's all relative I have clients you know one of the main questions I ask people is you know how much do you need to spend every month if you were retired today and I have clients that spend, Three thousand a month after tax cash flow, and I have clients that spend forty thousand a month after tax cash flow. So it's all relative. Wealth is just um, based on people's spending patterns and mm-hmm. goals. So really, it's a, it's for the listener to decide what wealthy means to them.
1: Yeah. No. I mean, I I think that's a beautiful picture because if and this is, I guess, my own personal opinion, but if I was debt free. And had you know cash flow coming in that met all my needs, and I was able to do the things that I not only you know meet my needs, but the things that I wanted to do, I would feel extremely wealthy in that case because I know that I'd be helping my family or my community or my church or you know all these different things and and not having to worry about debt. That would be amazing. So I maybe I do fit this category one of these days soon,
2: yeah. and and literally half the people or more than half the people I talked to. I just had this conversation yesterday with a client that uh, when they think of wealth, they think of what's in my checking account and what's coming in every month, you know? And I'm Mm -hmm. like, well, we need to step back and look at really your balance sheet, you know, your real estate, your investments, your Mm -hmm. business, you're actually more wealthy than you think. And we, you know, it gives people perspective and context and gives them more comfort knowing that they're on path for success when they kind of see the whole picture.
1: Yeah, absolutely. All right. So you've got five things, five financial concerns, right?
2: Yeah, and so just a little background first. Um, I don't think I ever told you, Eric, but I did a lot of things. You know, after college, I worked as a CPA as a you know, in public accounting as an mm-hmm. auditor. I worked as a fee based financial planner, CFP. I sold life insurance. I actually managed the bank trust department for a little while. Um, I worked as a consultant for you know publicly traded companies that were trying to compensate their executives and directors. And what I was trying to do really was I was on this path to find a business model that fit the way I felt we should be planning for clients in a comprehensive fiduciary focused approach. Mm-hmm. And you know and I keep I kept saying and this is really like my first 10 years in out of college that you know there has to be a better way and a better way where a team of professionals can get together and just proactively serve and support these business owners and especially after I had seen you know, like my father-in-law, Frank, and he wasn't able to really plan for his exit um, before he passed. And so I ended up just, you know, over the path kind of adding what I felt was the, the best parts of the kind of fiduciary approach of a CPA, of a CFP, of a fiduciary um, mm-hmm. investment manager, and kind of combine that with, you know, some of the insurance, banking, and kind of transaction models that I had worked with to kind of what I figure is create a model that serves the client and is much more kind of fiduciary focused on the model and the client. And so that is part, I mentioned that because I think that's a big part of what we do. And because we get so entrenched in the goals, entrenched in the the families of our clients, um, that's how I, am, I become aware of these major concerns that people have, especially as they're trying to plan their exits. Mm.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's the time I think that everything kind of catches up with you, right? I mean, you've worked so hard for so long and now you're thinking about exit planning and now it's like, oh, okay, now I'm, I'm really seeing all these different pieces that I need to be concerned about or I need to talk to somebody about.
2: Yeah. And so like, we, we feel like our clients build great businesses and we build great exit plans for them. And I wanted to kind of cover five of the main things that they tell me uh, they worry about the most. And these are the things that we try to address you know, with all of our clients. All right. So what's number one? Number one, I always like how you. Hopefully, you can make that number one. Um, (laughs) Sorry, I didn't get much sleep last night. (laughs) The number one concern is that is wealth preservation. So, you know, when we talk about wealth preservation, it includes investment rates of return. You know, what's our client's time frame in terms of when they need the money, tax status, um, spending patterns. Like I said a minute ago, some people spend two thousand, some people spend forty thousand. And this is super important because especially um, when I talk to business owners and they're working day to day in the business and I try to help them step back and look at the forest view or the bigger picture, they always just, the number one question is they want to have enough to fund their lifestyle when they exit. They want to have a, you know, whether it's simple or extravagant, but they, they just want to make sure that they're going to be okay. And the other thing that I, I may have mentioned in the past, Eric, but I find, and I when I read studies of behavioral finance, it confirms that- people hate losing, you know, two to three times more Mm -hmm. than they love the thrill of victory. So, you know, when we talk about wealth preservation, especially as somebody's exiting, you know, it's a one time, you get one shot at it, and then you're you're basically not in growth mode anymore, you need to preserve it. So as an advisor, we just need to be really focused on, you know, what are some of the areas that they're most concerned about, and, and this is really number one. So we spend a lot of time, and I think, you know, a great example would be last year with COVID. One business in particular, a business owner, looking to exit as we were entering the year. The market was doing well. The economy was doing well. And then, boom, COVID hit. So we had to do a lot of, made a lot of changes. Um, basically, they restructured how they, their whole thought process about selling the business, exiting the business, the time frame, et cetera. So the key, again, is that if I, Focus on wealth preservation as a, as a primary concern because that's what our clients are telling us. We're always thinking about how can we use cash flow and tax planning and risk tolerance to help them do that. So that's just the number one concern that we get most often is how do we protect and preserve the wealth? Okay, I mean, that makes sense.
1: Absolutely makes sense uh, because that's you've got to preserve the wealth for many different reasons. So I think that would be top of mind. What's number yes. two?
2: Number two is... Wealth enhancement. So the goal would be when we think of wealth enhancement, the goal is focused on taxes and also on what we would call like debt structure. So if you have a business, how is it being financed? Are you are you borrowing money from the bank? And if so, how much and what are the rates and what's the cash flow and the terms? So we help them by identifying and analyzing and modeling out um, some tax plans. You know, minimizing taxes, minimizing debt cost because. You know, that as you can imagine and you know it eats up a lot of wealth if you're not planning for it mm-hmm. and the thing about that's unique this year in particular as we're planning for clients um, and I had a episode 62 I interviewed John Wi who's an attorney and he talked about this in particular that income taxes at the state level so if you're in Illinois Indiana California Florida whatever you know resident of whatever state you're in Income taxes at the state level are becoming more and more important, and it's a much bigger planning focus. So a lot of people are being told to focus on federal income taxes. A lot of people we talk to, they're being told by their advisors, look at the state taxes, and we're saying, yeah, those are important. But right now, because of the proposed Biden tax law changes um, and previous changes under the Trump administration, state taxes are a big thing. So it's critical that when we're focusing on wealth enhancement with our clients, that we're collaborating with their team because, as I've said many times, I'm certainly not smart enough to do it all, but I'm smart enough to make sure that I'm talking to the client's CPA attorney. If their CPA isn't top of, top of their game, we're trying to help them go out and get specialists that they need. But wealth enhancement is a major concern because if I can, if I can reduce their taxes, if I can help with cash flow. There's more cash flow available for them, more financial security, less stress. Their clients are much happier. So that would be my number two concern that clients tell us about.
1: All right, wealth preservation,
2: then wealth enhancement. What's the third one? So once they, once we've talked about, okay, we're we're trying to protect and preserve it so that you're comfortable that you know you're not going to outlive your money. We're trying to use enhance, enhancement strategies to minimize taxes, lower your debt cost. The third one that people tell us about the most is in uh, wealth transfer. So, the, the goal there is really twofold. Talked, you know, a fair amount about just making sure that if something happened to me, that everything goes efficiently and smoothly. For example, to my wife Nancy, and if my wife Nancy and I are gone, that everything goes smoothly and efficiently per our instructions to our five kids or to our charities. You know, are our, our the, the charities we focus on. Mm-hmm. So, part of it is. Just making sure that plans that my clients have in place are responding to the changes that often occur in their families, right? So, you know, I had a referral last week that came in from an attorney who I work with, and this was an instance where the husband had passed away. We were meeting with the surviving spouse, and she came in. She was, I had been remarried to him. Um, they both have been remarried, so there was kids in previous marriages. There's a business involved. She's actually an integral part of the business, as are the deceased children. And there's, so, as you can just imagine, there's just a lot of issues. Fortunately, they planned for a lot of them, but there were some changes that had occurred within the family prior to him passing that they really hadn't uh, addressed. Mm-hmm. And so now there's problems that has, are, are you know coming up as a result of that. And my, my point is, oftentimes I talk to a client when we talk about wealth transfer, are things, do I have my, my trust, my will, my power of attorney, my health care directive? Is everything in place? But things change. They buy property in different states, or maybe one of their children gets divorced, or possibly they've been sued, or business has changed. And oftentimes there's not a they don't change, they don't proactively change the, the trust agreements, the documents, et cetera, and problems are created. So if I can leave the audience with the word is dynamic, right? We mm-hmm. know how families are dynamic and fluid and things change and we just always want to make sure when we're dealing with clients that estate planning is always on the agenda and collaborating with the estate attorney is always on our agenda because we feel like we really need to be proactive, You know, especially in light of things that are being proposed anyway by the Biden administration, there's a lot of major changes coming up that we're going to want to respond to. Yeah, so, absolutely. Wealth transfer is a really big concern among our clients. Got it. All right. Well, now we're on to number four. So, then number four, I, I find that this is one that I think about a lot because I, I, I joke it's not funny but i get paid to think of really bad things <laughs> like what are the what are the worst things that yeah. can happen right yeah it's not pleasant you know sometimes i'm home in, with my wife and she's like god where did, how do you come up with those ideas i'm like well i've seen them you know yeah S- so wealth protection is really about the goal of helping to ensure that assets are not you know what i call unjustly taken so obviously if you're doing something wrong if you're not following the rules you know there, you, you have problems, but there's often, in a very litigious culture that we're in, there's just things you need to be prepared for, and mm-hmm. I see it all the time where one of your children uh, maybe gets divorced. Uh, for some reason, one of your children has issues, right, where they're they're not going to be able to protect, uh, they can't care for themselves, right, mm-hmm. their special needs. These are instances where that can impact your plan, that can impact your assets, you know, how, how you have your home titled, your property titled, things like that. I'll give you just one example I just ran across uh, actually earlier this week. So I had a, a business owner reach out to me. They had been approached by company. They're a the, their con- their contracting firm, and they've been approached by a company to maybe possibly buy them. And the only reason why they were considering that was they've been trying to expand into other states they have a lot of clients who are saying, look, we need you to do work for us in Texas, in California. And the problem is when you're based in, let's say, Indiana or Illinois or Michigan, and all of a sudden someone wants you to do operations in Florida, Texas, or California, the laws are very different, right? Mm-hmm. And so you could set up a company in California, inadvertently not protect yourself, and all of a sudden have liability in California that impacts everything you're doing in Indiana or Illinois. So when it comes to wealth protection, it's usually the things that clients don't think of because they're very forward-looking, positive people, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, as I collaborate with the attorneys, the CPAs, the trust officers, the bankers in particular, I like to really talk to my clients about protecting divorce from lawsuits, from just the really bad things that can happen that can completely throw your plan off. So the fourth concern is one I always try to make sure I bring up the clients really are not as aware of as I think they should be, and that's asset protection or wealth protection.
1: The example that you brought up about the different states I mean, the, again, that's not something a business owner is probably thinking about. They're like, Yeah, we can take our services to people in different places, we can serve so many other people, and it's a very positive outlook, like you said. And then, you know, somebody has to come up and say, hey, let's, let's talk about how the different states are going to want to take your money <laughs> you know, because yeah. that's the negative side of things. And, and Lord knows that uh, the different governments of each state have their own agendas uh, along with the federal government has its own agenda. And, and as a business owner, you just want to help people. And so, uh, no, it's, it's great to be able to have that perspective from somebody. And, and it's not that you always think of the negative. You just, like you said, you've
2: experienced this. You've seen things like this happen. Yeah, and so in that case, you know, someone says, Hey, we really want you to come out and do some work in California. Well, they could either send their own people out and maybe create a business in California, a subsidiary, something like that, which has its own set of risks. They could partner with somebody in California already, which again, You know, first you have to find them. Then you get. Then you have to vet them and do the due diligence. Mm -hmm. Um, They could also acquire an existing firm, let's say in California, which again is a whole different level of due diligence and risk. So there's no real low risk (laughs) option for that, Mm -hmm. right? Or I guess the low risk would be, hey, we're not going to do it. You know, we're just not going to go to California. (laughs) Yeah. But you know, everyone wants to grow, and you want to expand it in different markets, and so. My point is, there's just so many things that can go bad, and if you don't have everyone in the room who can brainstorm and think about the things you need to be prepared for, you're just—it's like the underneath of an iceberg, right? Those are the things that can put the hole yeah. in the boat that you just don't see, and, you're, and so we try and help our clients see all that. Absolutely. All right, we're on to number five. Number five. So, I love this one because I'm very philanthropic, and I really enjoy when i see clients giving back what Mm -hmm. i what i find is there's just a large percentage of my clients that i work with who have a passion for giving back somehow to and it could be their university could be boys and girls club a local charity there's just any number of them but i love when that happens because one of the things we can do for clients is make those gifts impactful meaning that a client will say to me look i My university wants uh, this, or I would really like to help um, a new project that's occurring with the local YMCA or Boys and Girls Club. And then one of the things we try to do is have them step back and say, okay, let's get your CPA, your attorney, um, your other advisors in the room, and let's brainstorm a way to do it. So, for example, I work with a client who had that, that exact goal. There was a campaign going on for new construction for Boys and Girls Club, and what we ended up kind of brainstorming was, you know, first of all, let's gift appreciated stock. There's some tax benefits to that rather than cash. Secondly, why don't we do it where you you make it a match? In other words, let's communicate that up to fifty thousand dollars. You will match you know fifty cents in the dollar, for example, so that not only are you giving money, not only are you getting the tax benefits of that, but hopefully another fifty thousand or a hundred thousand can be donated as part of your project. So when I say leverage and make impactful, there's just a lot of strategies that can take your dollars, you know, and and then just redirect them to make two, three dollars um, just by how you do it. So we we really I love that part of the business the most. I love collaborating with local and some national organizations to help them, you know, generate money or generate contributions. Um, but I, I think it's wonderful. I think that's really the fifth part. And a lot of times this is a situation where people know they have a goal, they, they want to do it, they're just not sure how to make them really impactful. And we do it every day. This is the kind of thing that I, I, I think about every day. And so we love to help people do that.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I know that. I mean, number five was more of the fun one, right? I mean, <laughs> the first four, like uh, you know, these are things you really need to be concerned about, uh, and the the number the fifth one is more of a fun concern, if you will, because it's it's still planning, uh, but it's planning for something a little bit more positive instead of avoiding something that could be very negative.
2: Yeah, and the, there's a, a concept that I heard about, gosh, 20 years ago. It's called social capital, and so I have a client right now who is in the process of uh, selling a business and there as a result um, the way the compensate way the everything is structured there's some sale of stock, but there's also deferred compensation there's there's a lot of taxes that are going to be due and this person also has a lot of charitable intent you know mm-hmm. uh, wants to give back so one thing you know we talked about is you know setting up a charitable trust so that if there was a way to redirect money from the IRS mm-hmm. to your favorite charities, you know, and would you want to do that? And that's and so we we actually are doing that for him for for this couple. So they're redirecting some of the money that would go to the IRS instead to a couple of charities that they really favor, ranging around entrepreneurship. So I'm super excited to see that happen. Um, and in this case, we are using a charitable trust where the client can receive income from the trust during their life, and then the principal or the remaining portion of the money goes to the charity once they're gone, but they still get uh, some tax benefits. So there's just different ways to peel an onion, I guess, but that's, that's, I, l- I love working on puzzles like that, and I love seeing the look in their eyes when they can watch their, favorite, their children, their grandchildren, or their favorite charities use their wealth, use the money mm-hmm. that they're giving while they're alive rather than just passing it when they're gone.
1: That is fantastic. So, if, if somebody's listening to this podcast right now and is saying I'm in one or or more of those five situations, uh, and they want to reach out to you, I want you to give them your contact information so they can do that.
2: Yeah, the key is that sometimes there, there's just things you want to do that you just don't do every day, so you're just not as good at it. Uh, you know, I mean, how can you possibly be good at exit planning, right? <laughs> but mm-hmm. we do it every day. So that's how we become good and we collaborate with other professionals who do it. But for any listeners interested in building an exit plan, you know, addressing some of these five key concerns, send an email to me at tSkinell at hightoweradvisors.com and we'll schedule a free one hour, I call it an exit plan meeting. And what happens is after that meeting, you're gonna have a very clear picture of you know what your exit plan will look like. you are gonna have a very clear picture of any gaps between where you are now, you know, Mm -hmm. and where you want to be, and especially in addressing some of these five concerns. And then I'll give you, I'm sure, because this is how it typically ends, we always have at least two to three great strategies that you can implement to make sure that you get to where you want to go faster, more efficiently. And and really what I, I run across people who have never thought about it. I run across people who have thought about it, have dabbled in their planning, but have really, you know, didn't get the results they wanted. I also work with people who have come to me and said, look, I'm pretty far along the path. I think I've got it all set, but I just want to make sure that I'm doing it right because you only get one shot at it. Mm -hmm. Regardless of where you're at in the process, we can definitely help you. Yeah. And, And Eric, I was thinking today that, as a bonus, if, if people do contact me again at tskinel at hightoweradvisors.com and you just like, like right in the email tagline, just put my exit plan. I'll send you a report we put together on value drivers and it talks about five strategies that you can use to increase the sale value of your business. And what the strategies do is point you and your management team, you know, to proven ways to increase the, the business sale proceeds. And what that means to the clients, I think, is more financial freedom, maybe exiting faster, more time with their grandchildren, less stress, all the things that they really want. So that's a bonus that I thought I'd throw out there today, Eric, just to see if for people who are interested. Yeah, absolutely. That, that, that's fantastic.
1: What a great offer. Um, and I like that last piece that you said that, you know, what it means to have more financial freedom for you and your family. I think everybody's looking for that. So thank you so much for that offer. I hope everybody takes advantage of it. Uh, Tim, another great podcast. Thank you so much for your time today. And of course, our last thank you always goes to the listening audience. Thank you for tuning in and listening to the WellStream podcast with Tim Scannell. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Tim comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Hightower Great Lakes, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day, and we'll see you next time.
0: Thank you for listening to the Wealth Stream podcast. We hope you gained some valuable insight that you can apply to your life and share with others. Please don't forget to subscribe below to be notified when new episodes become available, and don't forget to live greater. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of High Tower Great Lakes. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Hightower Great Lakes is a group of investment professionals registered with Hightower Securities LLC, member FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities LLC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors, LLC.